Hello and welcome to the Property Management Show. I'm your host, Alex Osinenko. My day job is a CEO of 4.5, a marketing company that works exclusively with fee-based property management companies. I spent the last seven years of my life helping property management companies become more successful by improving sales, marketing, and operational efficiency. On this show, we'll deconstruct success into its key components and invite subject matter experts to help you improve every facet of your business. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in today. Um, I have a couple of very interesting guests. So today's the first episode. I'm going to have two guests because it takes two, at least two more uh, besides myself to tackle this subject. And the topic we're all going to talk about is how to attract and retain top talent for your property management firm. But this is sort of like a really big topic. Um, the, the specific challenge that these two uh, gentlemen presented to me, and I think we're going to tackle today or attempt to, is that you know, 60% of real estate investors, according to Joe, um, are going to retire, right? Uh, or I'm sorry, 60% of industry uh, operators might or will retire within the next five years. So why aren't we attracting the younger talent to the property management industry specific? And, you know, partially another issue that we're going to tackle is the fact that, you know, as, as, as Joe says, the you know, we're hiring people from Craigslist and other sources where they sort of looking to make the ends meet. And um, it's sort of transactional and that, and that translates into high turnover rates. So what we're going to explore is where to get top talent, you know, specifically young professionals who will stay with your company, who will help you grow your company, um, how to compensate them, how to attract them, how to retain them. Uh, so with that, I'd like to introduce my guests, uh, Joe Killinger. Did I say your name right, Joe? You did. Awesome. Joe Killinger and George Pino. That's a good name, yes. my man. I had, I had a teacher right. in college, Mr. Pino. It was excellent. <laughs> he drove a Porsche. Uh, a good guy, though. Um, so, yeah, anyway, Joe and George, can you give us a little bit of introduction? Like, I, you guys are experts in this field, and the notes that Nitu, our show producer, took for the pre-interview are fairly amazing. But I wanted to get the audience to kind of feel where your expertise is coming from. Okay. We have a uh, real estate services website, uh, therd.com. Uh, it services the property management industry and some residential real estate agents as well. Uh, we offer tenant screening, property insurance, different or different types of property insurance, renters insurance, uh, as well as the way to do commercial loans. And we're building the back end out where you're going to be able to put on that. It's not ready quite yet. We're still in the, the building phase. Um, of this aspect of it is you're going to be able to put your properties for sale or lease on the property, find vendors, pretty much anything you want to do on a day-to-day basis, basis in the property management industry. So for a property manager or for an individual investor, who is your sort of main target there? Both. Both, Both really. Both. Our target was, our, when we built the site, the target was uh, investors in the class B and on down um, asset classes. That was really our focus. So, gotcha. And, and so most what, of our clients, um, most of our clients actually are, are a lot of them are property management companies, mid-sized property management companies. Um, we actually come from a property management background. Um, the site was built out for some of the needs that we saw and that we experienced from our own end of the property management, where um, 
you know, we actually started investing in properties uh, probably in the mid 90s, buying properties, um, hiring other outside fee, fee managed properties, but then at a certain point taking it in house when we couldn't quite find one that really treated our properties like we wanted to. Uh, from there, we actually started our own fee based property management company. And uh, when we branched out and started investing in other states, uh, we noticed that there were uh, some issues that we weren't aware of in Southern California that we found in Texas and, 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 and elsewhere. And uh, that's where the genesis for the RRD came about to be able to service those uh, uh, ourselves and the clients and the other property management companies to really to build better communities. Um, with not just our own properties that we manage, but with all other management companies. Gotcha. And you guys both sort of have experience um, with the challenges of managing a rental property as well as uh, um, be the challenges of being a property management, fee-based property management company. Is that right? Sure. Do, do you currently have that company still? Yes, yes. You do. You do. Okay. So how do you come to be sort of passionate on the subject of talent growth and and tell me a little bit of the of the of your building story maybe and what kind of brought you because you know as a business owners we don't we're not born you know natural leaders and we don't really know all these ways we got to discover them so it's like take me through your sort of um story there Go ahead. well you know again um it, a lot of this is uh come coming from um necessity so to speak and you know one of the things that uh, Joe and I we've been business partners now since uh, early 90s 93 and one thing that we learned uh, early on is that you know d uh, right at that time it was right after um, uh, the earthquake uh, hit right afterwards uh, in Los Angeles and also prior to that we had the riots and, and real estate itself was in a little bit of a uh, recession uh, to say the least out here mm. and uh, we had to adapt to be able to survive and you know, one thing out of the necessity that we found is that you know it's a fine line with property management and fee managed companies in that you want to uh, give the best return for your clients but at the same time you also want to be able to make make a good return for yourself and make the property profitable um, and without doing as much uh, perhaps you know or, or making smart capital expenditures so you know from there what we did was we we really had to find out what was the issues that we had and we had growing pains like anybody else and um, you know, you had mentioned before that uh, sixty percent of the real estate service industry is reaching retirement age within the next five years. And that, um, if you don't mind, uh, just uh, correcting a little bit, it wasn't actually what Joe was saying. This was actually a Forbes article. Oh, I'm sorry. And, so glad uh, I quoted that from the interview document. I thank you yep. for actually bringing clarity to that. So okay, so this is a, as good as it gets as far as the stat. Yes. Yes. Cool. No. And, and and that was it was actually a shocking number to us. Um, we didn't really realize that, but then thinking about it and realizing if you look at who your regional managers are, who your property managers are, and, 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 and on down, they're older. And, uh, you know, they're, they've been in the business for quite some time. And, uh, you know, a lot of them, what we, historically speaking, we tend to try and, uh, we as in the property management industry, um, we tend to try and recruit and bring in people, but at very, you know, uh, starting off at very low income, uh, uh, you know, leasing agents, or you're getting people who are trying to make ends meet as a on-site property manager for a small property, and then we try and groom them and get them into going. The issue that you run into is a lot of times these are your employees that really have no interest, so to speak, in growing. They're happy where they are, Got and it. you know, they're they're not uh, uh, the additional effort in. And so the idea right? is, how do we then recruit eight people? Um, how do we recruit 
the new talent that's going to be with the company for a long time because ultimately if there's high turnover it's actually costing the property management company and us money because it costs money to train you're you're you know every time you lose somebody you have to invest that much more time in training somebody new and hoping they're going to work and so you know really i think it's a fundamental shift in going after someone who's just looking to make ends meet versus someone who wants and is interested in this as a career um, and, you know, I think that's been an issue with the property management companies in general, because frankly, it's not a sexy career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I can't agree with you more. So I run a marketing company and we hire people out of college. So we essentially build people into the leaders and, and every, the whole leadership team here is as, as started here as an intern. Right. Every single person started as an intern and that really gives them the history with the company and we expose them to all the different things, send them to conference over, you know, over like two, three years. They really, truly become the owners of this organization. Right. In, in more ways than one. But you're right. In the property management, you know, it is challenging. It's not sexy. It's sort of like, you know, procedural, very by the book. And uh, how do you guys overcome this challenge? How, how do you tackle this? Well, you know. For me, uh, with anything, motivation, I think, is the key. And, um, you know, why does someone want to get into it? What interests them? What's motivating them? You know, and, and that has to do with anything from an employee to an investor to, you know, uh, uh, any company even. The, really, the motivation is what's going to be the driving factor. So what we try and do is we actually go after and look for people who are motivated, not just because the motivation being the I want to uh, make ends meet, so to speak, or I need a job filler for right now. Um, but more along the lines of, I'm interested in the property management industry because I want to be an investor. Ah, how can I learn off of your dime how to be a better investor, how to save money, how to be able to proactively um, basically learn from our mistakes that we've already learned from? So we're looking for someone who has that yearning for knowledge that is wanting to improve themselves in that aspect and may they may not even realize it at the time but then you know some of the advertising that we do for employees we talk about shaping the landscape of real estate because that's really what you are doing from the leasing agent all the way up to the regional manager um, especially if you're doing any kind of commercial real estate but on the residential property management on the fee management side you know you still are helping shape that landscape you're building communities what you put forward and how you build and interact with your clients and uh, your clients being the residents um, is reflective of the community itself at large. And, you know, a bad property manager, a, bad, a property being poorly managed can pull an entire community down. Oh, absolutely, man. This is so foundational. But so all these things, we'll unpack them in a second. Specifically, I really like the fact I've always been sort of a big proponent of, of saying, look, uh, it's property manager's job is, is is very, very important. Number one, you're managing people's biggest asset. No no doubt. Like most 99% of the people won't have larger assets than their real estate investments. And the other piece is you find people good places to live. And that also is foundational, right? The Maslow hierarchy of needs, you know, satisfy the basic desire or not desire, the basic need to like sustain and, and have substance and, and shelter heck you're providing that as a property manager right so that's but that that, that is interesting to me and, and and knowable so this is something i knew but the real estate investor is sexy becoming a real estate investor is sexy and this specific robert kawasaki there's all these other coaches um that teach independence um through real estate investing 
right? And I have not, mm-hmm. not connected that to hiring employees. This is a huge takeaway. So guys, uh, for our audience, if you can position your, you know, your, uh, um, your job offer, um, as sort of one of the one of the huge benefits is is learning to become the astute real estate investor, man, that's sexy to me. Doesn't it? On somebody else's dime being the key thing, you know. Yes, on somebody else's <laughs> dime. That is yeah. that is fantastic takeaway. Okay, all right, all right, we're getting somewhere. I do yeah, have to mention a couple. Good. You learn the whole industry this way, uh, from soups to nuts. You learn how to do the leasing to, and then as you move up within the company, onto the the regional manager, it's it's just priceless yeah. information. That's brilliant, yeah. brilliant, Joe. Um, I want to take a, a pause here for just one second and, and mention. I was supposed to be mentioning them up front, but you know we got to kind of carried away with this uh, with this topic. But I just want to say two sponsors for this show is the NARPM, which is National Association of Residential Property Managers, amazing organization. I'll talk about them a little bit later in the show, and PM Grow Summit, which is the uh, property management uh, our conference for property management entrepreneurs. It's an annual conference happening this coming January. Uh, we'll talk about them in a moment too. But let, let's carry on. So, uh, George, I sort of interrupted your flow. You were, you were talking about creating the or putting together or marketing uh, uh, this job opportunity as not a boring you know, procedure by the book, but as a learning opportunity and also development or, or commitment or playing part in the community. What's next? Absolutely. Well, what's next is you actually have to live up to that. And what I mean by that, <laughs> I mean, it's little key. Things, it's little your, things, right? <laughs> you, you, if, if you're going to do a bait and switch, you're, you have the same problem. You're just going to experience it a lot faster. They're going to come in. They're going to leave. So really, um, from there, it boils down to the company being actually open and responsive um, in training and understanding and listening. Um, I think the most important and key aspect when it comes to uh, attracting younger talent that's coming in is being open to their ideas. Now, granted, you know, when I was young, I thought every single one of my ideas was fantastic. As I've gotten older, <laughs> I've realized that 95% of them were probably junk and 4% were okay and maybe 2% were good. And see, right there, my math didn't even add up. Only yeah, 1%. You have one extra percent there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, but, you know, I think being open to those ideas and then, if anything, it really reinforces the training aspect because if you're open to the ideas, one, you can incorporate and actually potentially become a better company, more efficient, but at the same time, if it's a idea that you may have tried or looked at or worked or done, it really kind of shows the employee coming in that, one, yes, you are listening to them, but you've already have this experience that they have value to gain by sitting and working with you and learning more from you. Um, from there, you want to reward that kind of performance. Um, you know, I think the one of the bigger issues that we run into a lot of times is, um, you know, the starting pay for people starting off here is pretty low um, in property management. And I understand that because, uh, you know, owning a property management company, we know the numbers are tight. We know it's the numbers are lean. Um, you're not necessarily going to retire on property management uh, until you get to a, a really large size. Yeah. Um, and uh, but at the same time, you know, we are a service industry. This is, um, we're, we're providing a service and people should be rewarded for good service or good, and that goes down all the way down from the management companies down to the employees. And um, being able to attract the college educated kids that are coming out that want to learn how to be investors and keep them with you. I don't mean that you need to start them off at, you know, $50,000 a year right out of college, 
but you want to have room for growth and show them that there are opportunities. Whether it's also a lot of property management companies also purchase and invest their own properties, uh, and and you know offering a uh, employee profit sharing plan where they can invest into it and have actual per, you know limited partner ownership into the um, uh, properties that the property management company may own. Um, things like that. Um, it so shows how they can become an investor. Um, George, that's that's awesome. Let's so let's start sort of at the top of the funnel because I, I feel I feel this is we do, we need to start kind of organizing this because this is this is some amazing stuff. But we want to also get to not only why but the how tos. So the top of the funnel is actually finding these people. You talked about and would need to um, about uh, putting together an internship program, going to colleges. Can you guys talk to me about the strategy you recommend for actually filling the top of the funnel? How to find the the uh, the the acceptable uh, candidates or, or, or applicants. I'll tell you what we do with our property management company. We have a intern program that we have utilized, and it has worked very, very well. Actually, we've got somebody starting here in the next couple of weeks, and then they usually tend to stay on for for the long haul. And they come in. They usually start with just doing stuff around the office and doing some leasing, and then they grow from there. Um, another thing that we've done is we've got to know a lot of the high school um, the uh, counselors and talk to them about property management and the growth opportunities and how they can affect the community. And the same, we go out to small colleges right here in the area. We're in Santa Monica, so we just go out to Santa Monica College and others in Northridge and other small colleges and reach out to them and really tell them the offering that we have, and it's worked very, very well. For so they refer candidates to you? Is that how it works, Joe? When they're talking to their, uh, their students that are possibly interested in a career in property management, then they can refer them over. So we we'll have conversations with those students at that time. Got you. Can you guys help uh, my uh, or our listeners to uh, sort of uh, uh, scope out the internship program? What does it look like? Can you share any aspects of it that would be helpful? The internship program, did you yeah, say? Yeah, the internship program, because okay. that's your top well, of the funnel, right? That's Yeah, what, right, yeah. top of the funnel. Um, yeah. Starting off, it could be as simple as um, Really, uh, well, usually it's starting off with uh, some business development database management. Um, sure. Have them work. You know, it's daily grind kind of stuff that nobody really wants to do. Um, from there, if they're really showing a little bit more of an interest, um, we're actually starting to show them and give them a little bit more opportunities to interact, um, both on whether it's uh, uh, showing properties that are vacant um, to um, starting to work on the marketing aspects of the properties, the ads um, for the properties, um, Play, uh, reviewing the information that for the properties that are going into the systems, um, where they're being placed, how they're updated, whether you know uh, vacancies are um, being advertised in you know the Zillow, the Cozy, um, the uh, uh, Craigslist, and uh, out here Westside Rentals or Apartments.com, um, and uh, you know things like that. Also updating and hearing, and then um, from there, as they progress even further, um, we're we typically try and ask them to also get a real estate license for California. Um, so are they actually, converted full-time at that time? Or are you still, what is the length of the internship, George? And I'm sorry to interrupt. In, just, internship is generally speaking, generally it's uh, two to three months. Two to three months. And in. usually over, usually they're college kids that are um, just graduating or um, going into their senior year. So it's normally during the summer months. Um, uh, you know, okay. the, the the person that we have that's starting uh, in a week is here for 10 weeks, so two and a half months. Um, he's actually coming out from uh, New York and wanting to look at uh, California. And, you know, 
Um, the last one we had was actually a mathematics major, believe it or not, and we convinced him to become go into real estate <laughs> after his internship. I don't think you know. I don't think that's that unreal. I mean, that's pretty relevant. Um, but, yeah, but but guys, absolutely. So two three months. Um, yeah, the, the data man, data scientists and math. It's it's just only taking a bit of a hold in the in the real estate industry, but but it's not even anywhere close to where it needs to be, uh, in my opinion, in investment and property management real estate. That, mm-hmm. That's where it needs to be because there's a lot of opportunities for for good data scientists to do to make big difference in predicting you know um, flows as well as predicting consumer behavior and and all that stuff. Um, but do you guys pay your interns or, or is it a uh, um, a free internship. Usually, it's a free internship. Um, they're trading off the knowledge and the experience uh, for that. Um, there's a small fee that uh, sometimes you know, like we'll we'll pay for some of the living expenses, things like that. Um, but we typically don't pay for the actual. It's not a paid position. Lunches. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah we pay for lunches and expenses. Transfer. I mean, you, you you give them a little bit of a of a, yeah. of a help, but not not like there's no formal paycheck involved. Gotcha. Okay, and then and then so they go away. Mm-hmm. They go away, or if they're at the end of the year, they stay on. Um, you know, and we'll, we may extend an offer, you know, for employment to them. Uh, if we do, then you know, they, they stay on and they start off. And generally speaking, they're going to start off as an assistant, uh, assistant property manager, um, do handling leasing, working with properties, um, learning part of the uh, bookkeeping. We do things a little differently as well in that um, a lot of the property management companies traditionally have a siloed approach toward um, how they work, meaning you have a leasing person that does leasing and leasing only. You have a bookkeeper that may handle all the accounts receivable. You have another person that does all the accounts payable. Um, we try and have different positions interchangeable um, so that they can actually learn the whole of the industry versus just one part of it. Oh, that's really um, good. Keep keep their minds sort of challenged and occupied with interesting stuff. Okay, gotcha. Minds challenged, interesting. That? It also allows us to, um, as opposed to bringing in, you know, like during vacation time frames, as opposed to bringing in somebody that uh, uh, doesn't understand the company culture or how we're operating. They 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 already have uh, they're working. Like like for instance, if we need someone from in the bookkeeping or accounting department, as opposed to bringing in a part time bookkeeper for a few weeks, they can actually, um, uh, you know. Uh, the person, since they the, the assistant manager may have knowledge of some of the bookkeeping duties, know what to do, know how to do it for those that period. Gotcha. Um, and it makes it a lot more efficient, a lot more streamlined, but also it allows them to be able to see, you know, one thing that we've noticed, especially in siloed companies, is that when you are not seeing the whole picture, you can be lost, uh, you, know, you can lose the forest because of the trees. And uh, so... You know, it's. It, I think in general it helps because it helps the our managers, it helps our regional managers to be able to see the whole picture. And you know, if they understand how every aspect works and that's their training from day one, it will then translate down the road. It also helps with any investor. Um, you know, as an investor, the colleges tend to really target more so not so much the property management aspect of it, but they tend to target the financial aspects. You know, they can talk about capitalization rates. They can talk about the finances, the mortgages, how to um, play the leverage game, um, all of that. Um, but what they don't put in practicality is that, you know, uh, and what they don't really explain in, in in practicality is that, you know, if you can 
if you can increase your income just a little bit and your expenses stay the same just because you've increased it, your value of the property is exponential based upon today's cap rates. And, you know, so just looking at ways and showing, you know, what are the ideas, how we can do this, how can we increase income without increasing expenses, or are the expenses more capital expenditures and how to look at it. So that's part of the training that we give um, that's uh, down the road for everybody. It's allowing them freedom to grow is what we try and do. We have them, they want to go out and hang out with the maintenance guys for a day to really see how it works and see how the reporting yeah. works. So it's well, really critical to what we do. You know, I... I, I think a case study, if you don't mind, um, you know, we had a uh, manager that came to us. Uh, we had a 300-unit property in Texas that had absolutely no parking. And, you know, in, in, in that North Texas area, well, let me rephrase that, had no covered parking. It had about 500 parking spots, but no covered parking. And in that North Texas area, it gets awfully hot in the summer. And in the winter, you sometimes get hailstorms. So people like to have covered parking. Um, they actually approached us and said, you know, I have a bid to install carports. I only want to install a hundred of them because I can sell a hundred of them. And they cost $750 to construct. So it's $75,000 out of pocket for you if you're going to put this on, on the property. And I can sell them for $25 a month. So $300 a year. Mm -hmm. On a cap rate basis, um, it increased the value of the property because that's pure income. There's no expenses in maintaining a carport. Um, on a cap rate basis, it increased the property approximately $3,500 for every single one of those carports. Wow. And that's so times, it, times that cost 100. That costs $750. So it's a net profit of $2,250 in value. You know, it... It was a no-brainer, and that was, you know, if our managers hadn't been able to think that way, hmm. and 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 uh, explain it, we wouldn't have never, we would have never done that. We wouldn't have thought of it. So those of you guys that manage single-family homes, the the, the the math is the same. People don't get this sort of advice, and it's not sort of, it's not that complicated, right, George? I mean, it's. It's, it's complicated if you don't know it, but if you know it and if you understand, especially for somebody from that just finished college, you know, that managing finance, yeah. this is like peanuts, right? This is like, re, it's real world, but all you got to do is show them how to connect it to what they already know, right? And then it, if they can, Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not, it's not very difficult. Uh, I mean, heck, if I can think of it and do it, <laughs> it can't be very difficult. But the uh, problem is our property and, management firms are not that, well, not that, they're not position to serve the investor this way no it's a and i think of it is part of it is the, the the mentality or the thought process it's really just connecting it i think they are positioned to be potentially do it or to make those offers and advice um i think the issue is that they don't necessarily think of it that way all the time you know as opposed to looking at what's in the best interest for the client for their long-term goals they're looking at well how can i keep the expenses down so they may look at, you know, for instance, those carports as an expense when in reality it's a capital expenditure and that's going to increase the value of the property and increase income um, uh, in the long term. But on the immediate first year, yeah, you're going to lose money for the expense. Um, you know, just like, uh, you know, one of our practices is uh, um, we do a lot of uh, hard uh, surface flooring. Um, primarily because we're in BC neighborhoods and a lot of the carpet needs to be replaced a lot of the, uh, upon move out. With hard surface flooring, we actually get a higher rent. It costs more to install it, but we don't have to replace it every time. Yeah. Um, 
you know, so we just communicate it to our, yeah. our owners. It's we have a conversation with them and say, listen, we would like to do this. This is why. And here's the numbers that support our, our decision. So the property management company has got to have an open door communication with their yeah. owner. So, so as a property management company, that's how you retain and gain new clientele. That's how you get referrals when you're doing work like this, which is, I think, what what they are hired for. But a lot of people that I know, a lot of property management companies, I, I they're sort of afraid or they're not really positioned. And, and you're right, positioned meaning like, yeah, they have the, the employees that they experience, but they don't put the the education forward they don't lead with education you know that's exactly what you guys are doing you lead with education you lead with information and you say look where are your advisors just like your tax advisor is going to tell you not to do this you know your doctor is going to tell you not to do this and you know your real estate manager is going to tell you not to do this and you are or to do this right and you guys are that position that and so i want to empower my listeners you know the audience to do something like and we have one of uh, uh, companies i know that does this really well is Steve Rosenberg, and he runs a company in Houston, um, and and he you know he does this. Um, he teaches his people, and they do this uh, sort of advising. But a lot of our customers do single family, um, but a lot of investors. So I'd say about eighty percent of their portfolio. Well, in some cases, eighty to fifty percent of their portfolio is investor driven, and the rest are accidental home home um, landlords, accidental landlords, basically. You know, George, uh, like somebody that says has to move for work, like you move from Dallas to sure. Santa Monica, you rent your Dallas home out. So you're mm-hmm. not truly the investor. But a lot of their portfolio is, and especially with the current macroeconomic client, climate, meaning that uh, look at the baby boomers are going to retire. You know, they're not going to want to manage their own properties. And 80 percent, and I don't know, argue with me on the stat or, or contradict me on the stat if you, if you know better. But according to my sources, and I've looked at multiple Eighty percent of real estate in the U.S. residential real estate is self-managed. Yes, and I'd say, so. I'd say that's actually pretty accurate. You know, over seventy-five percent of all investors own only one to four units um, of the rental markets that's out there, and that's a stat that I, I recently saw. So, I mean, I, I would say eighty percent. That that's probably a pretty accurate stat. And the reason why is two. I think it's twofold. Uh, well, it's threefold. It's one is 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 money in the perception of of, of cost versus value, and mm-hmm. we're not the property management industry is not doing anything to to solve that. Number two is trust. They don't think you can do it better than they can. Um, and then number three, there's other probably multiple other small reasons, but those two are the big ones. Um, and 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 I think bringing the talent, as you called it, you know, from the inception, sort of right out of college, putting them through internship having them to do different jobs, and then teaching them how to consult with clients, no matter what position they hold, mm-hmm. is a brilliant strategy to, you know, to really attract uh, um, the right sort of landlord to your service, right? So that's, that's a good. Let me take a pause right here. I know, George, you, uh, we have, I think next I want to tackle, um, you mentioned retention and culture. Um, you know, I really like to pick your brain on that a little bit because, again, this is you know, procedure by the book business. You already kind of challenged that in, in a few very interesting ways, but I want to see how you guys uh, put together your culture to be able to retain the talent that you got. Um, but let me stop for a second and talk about the PM Growth Summit. It's our sponsor. Um, it is, a, as I mentioned, an, a, a once-a-year conference for property management entrepreneurs, the business owners, and their teams who are looking to grow. Um, this year, we're going to host it in San Diego. It's going to be January 31st, February 1st, and February 2nd um, in uh, the Gaslight District, a very nice hotel. 
Um, you know, for the price of attendance, we're covering all of the education, meals, coffee, snacks, uh, dinners, entertainment, networking. We're going to record all the videos. We're going to put together all the notes and send them to you just like we did last year. Uh, the drinks and beer and wine, all the social events, as I said, are covered. Um, our thing is, you know, property management conference have not have not really been sort of this engaging or this involved. We're looking for to connect really top-minded entrepreneurs in the space. We're looking to remove every obstacle from the, you know, or every distraction from their experience and, and have them focus on one thing, and that is ex- building relationships with two things, building relationships with the like-minded individuals as well as learning from the top-notch speakers we have. Go to pmgrowsummit.com, pmgrowsummit.com. Check out our last year conference. Look at the lineup. Look at the talks we had. Look at the attendees we had. And uh, you um, will still be able to buy a ticket. So anyway, we hope to see you at that conference. Um, thanks for uh, sticking with me, Joe and uh, George. Let's keep let's keep riding with us. So um, we left off at culture or retention. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, culture retention. I think that especially for the young crowd, and this is actually something that Joe's been fabulous with, is coming up with ideas to really keep it engaging. Um, You know, everything from, uh, I think if you're going to engage and try and go after the younger generation, you have to make it fun. Um, And, you know, it it can't just be a dungeon where you're sitting in the Hmm. back of the office um, just typing in all day long and making phone calls to tenants that are late on the rent. Um, you have to have fun doing it. Um, you have to uh, enjoy it. You know, everything from, you know, some of our office meetings, we tend to try and have uh, something fun, whether it's a hula hoop contest or uh, uh, that little uh, pencil challenge thing or, or whatever, and, and give them some rewards. Have fun. Engage. Um, I think more importantly, though, again, it, it's really keeping that open communication. The culture has to be not just I'm here to help you and teach, but also that I'm hoping you're going to teach me something. You know, I've learned early on, um, usually from my wife from of 25 years, that I can learn something new. <laughs> she tells me that every day. Uh, you have so. to also take a look at your, your, your physical office. You know, I walk into, with the RD, well, we visit a lot of property management companies. And yeah. I walk in and I see, you know, still see the floral print couches and the old dirty ficus in the corner. You know, take a look at that. You know, take a look at that. Do you really, the younger generation may not want to be around that every day. Maybe, you know, some new paint, some, you know, brighten it up. Make it a place, a destination you really want to be at every day. You know, so, clean it up. Ikea, go to Ikea and get some yeah. modern stuff. She is good. Oh, yeah. God. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. floral couch. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Um, oh, I know. <laughs> still. So, so, environment and fun. Any specific yeah. advice uh, on, like, how, how to do the fun part? You mentioned pencil content. What is that? What is the pencil thing? Oh, kind of, yeah, well, I, I, well, bottle flip. The bottle flip, uh, bottle flip, and the and or throwing like a pencil to try and bounce it off to get it to land in a cup. Um, different things like that. We even had, you know, one. We had a paintball. Uh, we went out and took the whole team out for paintball. They got and surprisingly, Joe got shot a few times by <laughs> accident. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, another thing that works. But very, we have fun very well is we give each one of the employees a, a paid day off to go volunteer at a local charity. Yeah, that's really and good. That means a lot to our employees. They love doing that, and you know they wear company the, the t-shirt. Um, 
they go out, they volunteer for the day. Some split it up. They do half day and a half day. But um, we give them the freedom to do that. The thing is to create freedom. You know, we want an open line mm. of communication. What do you think we're doing wrong? What do you think we're doing right? What could we be doing better? And how could we be doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Create freedom. Uh, I'm going to challenge you on that real, real quick. I, I first of all I love it, you know, and we have an amazing culture, at least from my standpoint. Here, four and a half, and, and we grow people, and we grow with the people. But creating yeah. freedom has that has gone both ways for me sometimes. You know, um, yeah, we, you want people to speak their mind. You want the ideas to come from the very front lines, and the, the intern can have the best idea in the world that will help your business succeed for many years to come. Yeah. But at the same time, there's so much freaking noise, guys. You know, remember the 95%, George, mm-hmm. that you just mentioned? 95% Absolutely. of your ideas when you were young were not that good? Well, it usually is the case about... <laughs> uh, yeah. How do you deal with, well, the, with the noise? Yeah, no, no. no what I, and, and just for clarification, I said 95% of the ideas... Uh, well, I thought my ideas uh, were all good when I was young, but 95% aren't that good. They still aren't. Right. Got it. <laughs> okay. Had, the idea part had nothing to do with the age part, but uh, yeah, it, it's. Uh, but I think the noise, you know, that's just. It, it's how you react to that noise. I mean, if you put it down, and you know, it, it comes from the top down. And what I mean by that is, you know, I think every one of the from the ownership all the way down in the property management or company, the ownership to the re, uh, regional managers, the managers, the field representatives, everybody there, you know. We should treat everybody the same way. And what I mean by that is, you know, the way I speak to you, to a client, to an employee, to an intern is going to be the same. And I'm going to take whatever they tell me or, or any, anything that I hear and I'm going to use it and, and, and make that decision based upon my experience of whether or not that might be a good idea or not. Ultimately, yes, I have the final say and Joe has the final say in all that. But we want to open and listen, nor will we ever say, oh, my God, that's, a, you know, there's two ways of doing that as, you know, that's a great idea. We've actually tried something like that versus you got to be kidding me. That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. You know, if, if you, well, you do the why, the why, the why thing is, why do you think this is better than what we're ah, doing? The why now? Thing. OK. And, yeah. you know, if you ask them why, it's just, you know, and friends have told me it, or maybe this is free. You have two ears and one mouth. You know, listen, listen to them. Why? You know, and then ask them why. You know, just really, you have to be patient and hear them through, and then ask them why. And, and maybe there's something there. A lot of times there's not, but you never know. That you is brilliant. I, I like, especially when it gets into yeah. your SEO and all that on your website. <coughs> you know? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I like that. So try, you know, treat everyone with respect and and be sort of respectful to everyone on an equal level. And then ask why. Listen, you know, be patient, ask why. So that's good. That's a good way to maintain the freedom and um, uh, the freedom of, of ideas um, and get it flowing. So, okay, we're retention. Any other points, guys, on retention? Any, any like, nuggets of wisdom that you found were useful? Or any mistakes you made that you don't want to you, – you want you – can. Help I thought you audience avoid. keep this under an hour. <laughs> well, we've got <laughs> eight minutes right now. we got, we got another ten. So yeah, we got to tackle things quickly here. Yeah, we we made mistakes, but I think uh, you know ultimately the when, when it comes to retention as well, I think what we need to look at in this industry is also um, the technologies that are coming up. You know, right now um, we are very much an industry that likes. I mean, I know people, I know investors to this day that still hand write out ledgers, <laughs> um, and literally, 
You know, they they will. I believe you. They know everything that's going on. I know one. Down to the yeah. penny. But they still handwrite it out. It's not the most efficient use. And if that's how you insist on doing your business, you will never attract anybody that's young that is going to, you know, they're not, the you know. It's not progressive enough. It's not progressive right. enough. Yeah. And, and, and there are a lot more efficiencies that you can create and use um, by and, and embrace that, you know, will help your business grow as well. There's a lot of new technologies coming out for our industry. I mean, if you go on techcrunch.com or crunchbase.com, get in there and just kind of scroll around and see the stuff, the tech that's coming out. You'll you'll be amazed. It's some good stuff, and you can't be afraid of it. You gotta you gotta dig in and try it. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. So the technology is a big part of it. So I think we got a good sort of handle on retention. Um, I did did want to talk about. Um, you mentioned in the pre-interview. I really wanted. Uh, Make sure I ask you this question. This is about performance compensation and, and, and bonus pay. Um, have you guys experimented with that? Has that been working well for you? And how do you structure that? Okay. Yes. <laughs> the short answer. Okay. <coughs> we believe uh, fully in performance compensation. And, um, <coughs> excuse me. Been it talking so starts, much, and I've been out. Of, it even starts at you know all the everybody is in business development essentially. I mean, yeah. we have a business development team, but if you're out and one of our employees, I don't care if it's a leasing agent, it's a regional manager, manager, a maintenance guy, they bring in a fee management deal, they get a fee for bringing that mm. in, you know, and so they're always out there helping the company grow, and you know, it's usually we give we typically just give the first month's management fee, so it's not huge, but it, it's enough that they're they're out there doing it for us and making money for them. It's a reward, yeah. It's a people yes. want to be rewarded. That, no yeah, doubt. To, to increase their, bring more jobs yeah. to the company. Absolutely, and and then then um, you know depending on on the skill level set and where we're talking about, you know, some of the regional managers are actually bonused by um, how their portfolios are doing when it comes to uh, uh, net operating income. Um, but you know, to be frank with you, that's also checked to make sure that you know a a, a Smart regional property manager can affect the net operating income by not doing repairs that they should be done. <laughs> mm, um, you know, right. So, so that could be game. So you want to make sure. So we're yeah, actually yeah. taking a look and, pay, and and maintaining it, but it's more about um, where can we see and what kind of uh, uh, bonuses. We also give bonuses for um, uh, you know just getting a um, you know the other day we just got an amazing letter from a uh, property that. Um, uh, we got it from not just the owner, but the broker, because we lost the management because they just sold it. And they sold it. It was a home, single family home that we were managing. And uh, I ended up getting a letter that was addressed to me saying, I wanted to thank um, the manager and the, your field supervisor for an amazing job. I don't think we would have been able to sell this property um, and, and do it. And you've been amazing the whole time. What was even more impressive was I got another letter or a card um, two days later from the broker that sold the property saying essentially the same thing. You know, obviously that's going to be rewarded whether and, and some, sometimes, uh, you know, in this case, um, we're getting a gift card probably and just, you know, saying here, have dinner on us. Go out to, to the lead. Take a nice time to the lead. So neighbor. reward basic reward, reward for uh, exemplary service. That's, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, if anything, I think that's what needs to be rewarded more than anything else. 
Mm. Um, because like I said, we are a service industry and, you know, it, it, it's a lot of times that gets forgotten. You know, it, yeah, I, you know, we're not going to have time to get into this. I really want to kind of explore this topic further. Maybe we'll do another episode on this, yeah. on, on performance <laughs> pay, because I have some ideas and I've tried multiple things here. We always experiment. My advice to the audience would be, you know, experiment with this, but align it, right? Guys, align it with the company's sort of growth and company's direction and objectives. Like that is really key. But I like that exemplary service award where, you know, have something of value like dinner, not just a plaque, right? But something of value as well as a plaque, right? As well as recognition um, for exemplary service. And that could come, I'm just thinking out loud, that can come in multiple ways. It can come as a letter, come as an email from a client. You can't fake that. You can't game that. You know, no. I, you know no. a customer loves no. you. So you Listen, if you send them out to dinner and then all of a sudden a waiter brings a bottle of wine up to their table, that speaks volumes of how much you actually really appreciate that employee. Yeah, yeah. It creates longevity. Well, and, and, and to that to that extent, if I can just throw this out, you know, one of the things that we notice is that we're very big believers on experiential versus just giving them money, um, so to speak. You know, so even our Christmas gifts, and you know, instead of doing bonuses, we actually t- prefer to give gifts um, to be able to treat the actual employees. You know, something, and that way they one we it takes a lot more effort and time. Um, because we have to know what they like and what they want mm, yeah. and try and get them something that they would never be able to get themselves or do for themselves. And, you know, because ultimately it, the bottom line is nobody is going to remember how much money they have left in the bank when they're 95, 100 years old. But they may remember that amazing trip they had or that amazing dinner they had or that gift that they've always wanted to give themselves that, you know, someone gave them. Well, that um, parachute jump that they, they the did. The parachute jump. <laughs> yeah. uh, they so lived through. One of our yeah. guys is a big Green Bay fa- uh, Packers fan, so we got, got him a whole Green Bay's you know outfit and everything and, and stuff like that. You know, but well, it depends on the size depends. of your company. I mean, it's if you're a smaller company that works great. Bigger companies, obviously. Yeah. That's, that's a full-time job. You can have your managers do that, but yeah. So yeah. Guys, I'm going to take a pause here and talk about NARPA. We're running out of time, but I, I really want to ask you one other question, and that has to do with the profit sharing and stuff you mentioned because I think that's really key. I want to explore that a little bit before we finish, but I have to talk about one of my most favorite associations in the world my, you know, and the sponsors of the show. It's a NARPA. Are you guys familiar with NARPA at all? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, excellent. So I'm myself, just, great, great org. Well, exactly. actually, the, the R&D is part of it. Yes. Oh, so okay. Really cool. Yeah. I appreciate that. So your company, yes. your service company, is part of that on the vendor side. Yep. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Us too, as a four and a half. But so NARPM specifically, I want to talk about their RPM, which is Residential Management Professional, and MPM, which is Master Property Management Property Manager designations. So, you know, guys, you, 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 if you don't, if you're not part of NARPM, or if you are part of NARPM, I have not. Uh, put yourself through these educational classes to earn these designations. I, it, you know, you're you're missing out. Um, I've met a lot of MPMs, and and those guys have put in a lot of hours to earn that title or to earn that uh, designation. And they're one of the most, some of the most successful property management entrepreneurs I've ever ever met. And they're always leading the pack in in innovation, in tech, in in people, in teams, in in everything. So I highly recommend you look at. NARPM.org, N-A-R-P-M.org, click on their education, look for the RMP and MPM requirements, and not only you will get coaching and, and get better at running your business, you'll also discover new revenue streams, you will build a significant support network, and discover deep friendships. So check out NARPM.org, click on education, and um, 
go and get yourself a designation. All right, so let's let's do this, guys. I really want to know this because I'm actually very curious for my own company. I'm looking to restructure, experiment with things. How do you do your profit sharing? Can you share some of that with us? Well, um, profit sharing is actually relatively new. Uh, but, you know, we also, as I mentioned, we buy properties. We started off as an investment company before we started doing property management. And, um, you know, how we look at things and how we uh, approach the uh, the you know, ultimately, if they want to be a ownership, we think that everyone should be an owner in real estate mm -hmm. um, and or an investor in real estate. Uh, it gives a different perspective once you are compassion. <laughs> it's it, it yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. and 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 it but it also I mean you know it, it's no it's even if even if they have just a small ownership stake, it's no longer someone else's money. <laughs> it's all theirs. And so they have a better eye. They have a better understanding of where the owners are coming from. Um, so, you know, uh, one of the things that we've uh, done is, is look at limited partnerships where, you know, the, the, uh, the vested profit sharing um, people can actually have a uh, ownership interest under a limited partner so they don't have a say in a property that the company may be so we do stock options for employees is that sort of something simpler something similar um i yeah similar in the sense that uh i think the stock option gives them interest in the company itself correct um it doesn't necessarily give them an ownership interest in a property and what i mean by that um i mean it does if the property uh, if the company is actually buying property as well but more importantly i think you know they can actually say you know i own a piece of this property um, it ah, gives them that okay. sense of ownership you know e even though it may be very small a very small percentage but they actually get they they can understand what it's like to get a dividend check um, you know the the and w what it's like to make those decisions um, as an owner and you know it, it changes the perspective tremendously more importantly it shows them that you know it, it's a way that they can potentially get ownership quicker and you know something that they may have never thought was possible Wow. Okay. So that is a very unique way uh, to compensate. So I know you're just you're starting with it. But some of our clients set aside a percentage of profits, and then they they have a profit sharing plan, and that's been working pretty that, well. Yeah. As well. Mm. Really good. All right. So the idea is for your own properties, the, as an organization, when you buy your own properties, um, you know, bringing your employees, your top employees, into sort of limited partner realm as a part owner of that property. A small part, but a part or nonetheless, um, sort of an interesting way to get them to um, to understand the business, commit, and show a sense of ownership. Yeah, and I think in that instance, also everybody's uh, mm -hmm. everybody's goals are very much aligned as well. I mean, you, you start off with a you know, property manager who has you know they fully understand you know the end goal, the investment, where they wants to go. And how to, you know, uh, they understand that capital expenditures can actually improve a property and make it better and make the investment stronger um, at that point. Um, so they can actually start thinking along the lines of an ownership. And so it, their goals are very much aligned with the company's the investment goals, everything else. And it makes every, you know, it's a win-win for everybody, I think. Gotcha. Well, guys, I mean, it's been an amazing ride with for this uh, for this uh, webinar. We've covered a lot of topics very fast, 
And um, let's see what our audience questions will be. Perhaps we'll do a follow-up sessions on one or two different subtopics because we, we ran through a lot of things here. Uh, do you want to tell people how to find you? And, you know, uh, you mentioned RRD. What is the website address that people can go and check you out? www.therrd.com. T-H-E-R-R-D.com. Gotcha. All Where's right. Joe and George, thank you for your time. A couple of very smart guys. Check out their website, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank Great. you. Thank you for having us, Alex.